Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. Your whole life can change in an instant. About 50 million adults in the United States have chronic pain. And because of a car accident, Robbie is one of them. In their marriage vows, Robbie and Sammy promise to stand by one another and provide strength when needed. And lately, they've been facing some of their biggest challenges. Join them as they share the ups and downs of living with chronic pain. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Robbie. And thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for hanging in with us. It's been a minute (laughs) since our last one. A lot of things have happened. Always a little bit busy over here. Yeah. For sure. So do you want to start by shouting out the the new podcast? So we just released a new podcast on our platform. Mm -hmm. It's called The Amateur Stoner. Mm -hmm. If you guys have ever heard Phil on our other podcast episodes, mm-hmm. he has his own show on the network now. Yep. It's the Amateur Stoner. By the time you hear this, it, his podcast will be on all the major podcast platforms. So mm-hmm. go check it out. And on YouTube. And on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Limitless Broadcast Network. Mm-hmm. Broadcasting Network. Broadcasting, yeah. Turn on all of the bell notifications and like and subscribe mm-hmm. yeah. and help out the channel. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, make sure you check it out. Amateur Stoner. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So any other things you want to shout out before we dive in? No, I think that's that's the most pressing news so far. Okay. So sure. Most important. All right, so today the episode's a little bit of a crossover episode, which every time I say this, this is such a nerd thing, but I think of Bojack Horseman okay. and Mr. Peanut Butter, and he's like, what is this, a crossover episode? And that just pops in my head all the time. Mr. Peanut Butter? God, I hope he doesn't see us. Is that Bojack Horseman? Oh, geez, here we go. Mr. Peanut Butter and Bojack Horseman in the same room. What is this, a crossover episode? You know, that gets funnier every time. You're being sarcastic, but I think it does actually get funnier every time. So anyway, back on topic. This is a bit of a crossover episode with the Pixie Dust Twins. This is something I've wanted to do for a little while, and it just seemed like a good time to throw it in okay to our podcast so we're going to kind of talk about going to like we like to do going to theme parks not necessarily just theme parks but the information i have is going to be for like disney world and universal studios but 
you could use this advice when you're out and about, I would say other places as well. You yes. just have to maybe do a little more of your own research if you're going to a park outside of those two big ones. Right. You know, or visiting something a little bit smaller. Right. Um, but we're going to kind of focus on how we deal with going to Disney World in particular with him having to deal with chronic pain issues and all of his and problems. everything. Yes. So how can I stay out uh-huh. at the park for the, my longest period of time? Yeah, what we do. So the first thing I would say uh, before I dive into some of this is that when we're doing something, we kind of discuss what we're doing. Yeah. So like, this is the park we're going to, this is what we're planning to do when we get there. And then when we get there, you know, things we change, have a plan. whatever, but we kind of have an idea of maybe how long we want to be there, what we want to kind of accomplish. So it helps. I think it helps you. Yeah. To kind of know. We kind of have everything planned out when we're going to eat, Mm -hmm. when we're going to take a break, Yes. how long we're generally planning on staying at the park, Mm -hmm. all of that. So if you've never been to Disney World, I can't really speak as much on Universal, but if you've never been to Disney World, we're not going to dive into specific planning that you'll have to go over to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast for more information on that. Right. If you want to help plan your day and get a little more information, but we're going to talk about more of the disability side here. So if you yourself have an issue, a family member even a kid, whoever may be coming on vacation with you, this will maybe hopefully, hopefully help a little bit. So the biggest thing, if you have a true disability, and this is not just mobility disabilities. So if your main issue is you can't walk long distances, Disney is going to advise you to get a wheelchair, a wheelchair or or a scooter to get around. Right if it's strictly a mobility thing but a lot of people with chronic illnesses don't just have mobility issues they have other problems on top of it which may make waiting in line whether they're sitting in a wheelchair or scooter or not it may make waiting in line a little more difficult right and they're not able to stand in line for an hour sit in line for an hour any of it because of their other invisible issues going on So Disney has this thing called the Disability Access Service or DAS. So it's, they always refer to it. If you look online, there's a whole Facebook group for it that I found, but it's, you know, DAS pass, you'll hear it referred to a lot. And that's what they're talking about is the Disability Access Service. So this is a program offered through Walt Disney World theme parks. And that's all of the theme parks that assist guests who have difficulty tolerating extended waits in a conventional queue environment due to a disability. So kind of like we were just saying. So that's the official Disney World definition of what it's for. Yep. So while the pass doesn't provide immediate access to experiences, you know, rides, whatever, it does allow guests to request a return time for a specific experience that is comparable to the current standby wait. Okay. So you go up to Peter Pan and there's a 60 minute wait, they'll give you a 60 minute return time window. That's how you can think of it. But instead of standing in the line, now you are welcome to take as many bathroom breaks as you need, sit down if you need to, get a snack if you need to, take some medicine, mm-hmm. whatever you may need to do that would have been difficult for you to do waiting in that 60-minute line. I'm sure they'll let you go into the standby line when you do come up. No. 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 And I will... Okay, I don't think it says on here, but my understanding is that when you return, you actually are put into the lightning lane. That's what I'm saying. The lightning lane. Not the standby, the lightning lane. Okay. So you can buy lightning lanes. Pass. 
yeah, you can get Lightning Lane on top of this where you pay for rides or Genie Plus, where you can go ahead and get like a fast pad, what it used to be the old fast pass system. You can still do that in addition to this. Okay. Especially if, you know, the line may not be bad and you can just use like a regular, you know, Genie Plus Lightning Lane for it. I would say that may be useful. Like, like we just said, like Peter Pan frequently has long waits. So it's got a 60 minute wait, but small world lightning lane, you could basically walk on. Mm -hmm. Then you should just do that in the meantime. And you're able to do that is my understanding. But for the DAS system, you would have to wait until you use that Peter Pan check-in. So you, you go in and you're checked into that ride before you can get another one registered. Okay. So that's the only difference with those. So your longer wait ones, you'll want to use the DAS system for, but shorter waits, you might be able just to use like a regular old Genie Plus Lightning Lane. Okay, that makes and, sense. You know, walk on. Or, some rides have short waits regardless. I'm trying to think like, like Philhar Magic is a show at the Magic Kingdom. It's like a 3D show. I'm not usually waiting too long for you that. You use fast passes to get in there. I believe you can, but I would not waste That's one on there. That's a waste of one. But you could technically. Sometimes even like the Little Mermaid ride would be a walk-on depending on the time of day. So always use the app to check and see. That's a good way to kind of see what's going on. Even like Star Tours, I've seen at the Disney Hollywood Studios. I can understand has frequently Star had Tours, a walk-on, though. like very short wait sometimes sometimes there are a long line there so i, I can said understand. some yeah but there's sometimes. a lot of times where i've seen it where we basically like walked on right like the whole way the um so going back to the the ds pass before i move on and i'll get sidetracked um you can actually pre-register for the das assistance program in advance of your vacation it's a virtual meeting with a cast member it's a live video chat whoever the pass is for does need to actually talk to the cast member okay so if you have like a child you're trying to register for they do need to like visibly come on camera and say hi but they don't expect like the child or maybe the person that you're registering for may not be verbal they understand that like they don't have to do the registration you can do it for them but they have to see the person that it's for so if it's not for you you need to make sure that they're available that makes sense. You can pre-register as soon as 30 days in advance of your park visit or no less than two days before. So if you're going to the park tomorrow, you've already missed the window. I hate to tell you. Yeah. But it's no problem because you can just go to guest relations at any park and you can register there too. And it'll cover all the parks. So that's another way to do it. Some people think it's easier to do it that way. And that's in person with a cast member. So, okay. Yeah. Same idea. You just go to guest relations and tell them that you need the DAS pass and then um, they'll run through the the questions or whatever with you at that time. Okay. So once you're registered, the pass is good for up to 60 days. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And like I was saying, it's in the app. So you can actually use the Disney Experience app throughout the day to make your selections. So you don't have to go to each ride individually. You can kind of look and then just do it through the app that way. Okay. Makes it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Very convenient. Yep. And return times don't actually expire. So let's say again, you had that Peter Pan, it was 60 minutes. 60 minutes goes by, but you're getting lunch, you're getting a snack, something. You don't have to be there right at that time window. It's just now it's open for you. So you can go back anytime. That's really cool. But again, you can only have one active one at a time. So if you don't use that Peter Pan one, you can't make another one until you do, or you cancel it. So yeah. Okay. I just, I don't know. It seems like it's pretty handy. Yeah. I would think for people who need it. You know, yeah, there is a disability specific like park informational map that you can download 
and they probably have it available at the parks. I didn't actually double check that, but I know it's available online. You can download it so you can see more information specific to what you need as far as disability. They have information for like auditory issues, maybe even language barriers, but you know, like sign, they'll have like information, you know, for sign language or whatever. Okay. They have information specific to using a ECV, which is the scooter or wheelchair access to different rides. Like it'll tell you if you have to transfer from your wheelchair ECV into a ride vehicle, it'll tell you there's a little key, which rides you have to do that on. Some of them, if you can't physically walk at all, you may have to get off your scooter and go into a wheelchair before you can get on the ride itself. It'll tell you all of that on the map. So it's super helpful. Okay. There are some rides that they did list where you have to be ambulatory. So that means you can't be in your wheelchair or scooter right. to experience it at all. What rides are those? So water slides. Yeah. Yeah. And most of those you have to go up like stairs and stuff to get there. And I can understand it might be like a safety thing because they don't right. want you to drown. Right. You know, on the water slide. Peter Pan's flight is listed, although I could swear that there's a way for them to take you in the back way and stop the ride. I think there is. So don't we were talking about this. So don't quote me on that. But officially, Disney says you have to be ambulatory to get on the ride. Which again, this is an older ride. So some of these regulations and things that they do nowadays, unfortunately, weren't in place way back when. So the way you get on Peter Pan's ride is a moving like sidewalk or not, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a moving yeah, sidewalk. Side, yeah. 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 It's like a rubber mat that moves. Mm-hmm. So I can understand be a little bit difficult, but I swear there's a way that they can help you get on, but just ask. That's one of the things they say too, is just ask a cast member at some of these places. Another one that's listed is the Swiss Family Treehouse, which unfortunately is literally a giant treehouse that you walk upstairs to get to the top. So yeah, I can if you can't that. walk, there's not any way for you to get there as far as in, there's like no elevator or anything. Yeah. So sorry, you're not missing out on a lot, honestly. With the, with so it, you've been there several times? Yeah, it's all right. So is it just a treehouse? Yeah, I mean, there's some good views, I guess, of the park, but there's not much to it. Okay. Yeah, we walk by it all the time in Adventureland. Maybe the next time you can point it out because I can't re- I can't think of where it is. Okay. The other one that's listed is Tom Sawyer Island, which I know exactly where that is. And yeah, in the I, middle, I can picture where that is, and I can and say that's why. Again, I don't feel like you're missing out on a lot if you can't go over there. Number one and number two, I can see it. Some of the bridges are definitely not accessible for anyone in a wheelchair or a scooter. Yeah. Anyone who can't really balance well would not do well on some of the bridges. Yeah. Because of the way they're designed. And it's narrow and bumpy and uneven. And again, I don't think you're missing out on a lot. So don't worry too much if you can't get over there. Last one that was listed is the people mover, which I did not think about. But the people mover, you go up again, it's like a moving sidewalk, but it's slanted. It's up. So I don't know how you would get up there. But it's a moving thing. So but how do you get up there? You can't take a scooter up there. No. Literally no way. And I would not feel comfortable putting a wheelchair on that. Absolutely not. Even locked and everything. I would. No. No. I, since the Astro Orbiter is not listed, I'm fairly certain they have an elevator that can take you up there. Because right. it was not listed as an ambulatory ride. Mm-hmm. So it's curious to me that the elevator doesn't have a way to stop if you want to go on the people mover. I'm sure it does. They just. I don't know, but you can ask, but officially Disney says must be ambulatory for that ride. No, I just thought that was interesting. Some of the things they listed. 
but the ones you can't go on, I don't, again, I don't feel like you're missing out. No, you're not. So they do have wheelchair and ECV rentals available at the parks and Disney Springs. So both. The ECV rentals at Walt Disney World, it's a $50 fee every day with a $20 refundable deposit. So you pay $70, you get $20 back when you return it in. Yeah, at the end of the day. Uh, Disney Springs, though, requires a $100 deposit. Really? In the water parks. Yeah, water parks and Disney Springs require a $100 deposit. You still get $50 back, so it's still a $50 daily fee. But it is much more expensive. And I, I don't know about the water parks, but Disney Springs, I could see it because I feel like people would just like abandon them someplace, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you can kind of walk because you rent it there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can kind of walk and then you just get to a point where you're just like, I'm done with this. And you just like ditch it. Do you think that happens a lot? I have a feeling people do that because they do it with wheelchairs sometimes. You'll just see wheelchairs randomly and you're like, okay. Okay. I don't know what happened with this person, but sure that's crazy so yeah that's a bit expensive now we recommend doing that in cash because it will get the deposit you will get the deposit back faster if you use cash yeah because they they just they replaced it the way that you paid it if you do on your card you have to wait for the refund to go through on your card and whatnot and they're not the slowest because we've had to do that before and it's not like some of this bullshit where you know like at a hotel or running a car or something where you pay it and it takes them like 10 days, 14 mm. days. And you're just like, what are you doing with my money? Disney doesn't take that long, but if you're there on vacation, I would, yeah, I would probably pay with like cash or something too. Yeah. Now they do have new ones. This is breaking news. Just came out. They have new rentable ECV vehicles that were just rolled out. We did see them at Disney Springs. We saw one at Disney Springs, right? at least. They really needed to update them. Hopefully they're faster. Yeah. So they are, I'm assuming slowly going to replace all of them is my my assumption because the other ones are so freaking old and bulky. Let's hope. These are smoother. They're smaller. They will know the new ones because they're like a silver blue color and they are like smaller compact. The old ones are very big and bulky and gray. Yes. So if you are. see them at the parks, you'll know the difference between the two of them. Same fees. There's no change. It's not like you have to pay more to get a nicer one. It's the same. Yeah. They have a small little basket on them. So do the older ones, but um, the new ones come with a small basket. They hold a charge longer is what people are saying. Well, it's a smoother cool. ride. They do go a little bit faster than the old ones because old ones are like turtles. And there is USB charging ports for your phone. A lot, the, the old ones had USB. You uh, say that, but ports. they acted like this was a new thing. So I'm no, just throwing it's not it out. No. Okay. I don't know because I didn't really write it. So now saying all of this with the ECV rentals, if I were going on vacation in Disney World, I would not do any of this and I would not rent from a park because number one, it is expensive $50 a day. You cannot reserve an ECV at a park or anywhere. It's first come, first serve. And we have done this where we went to Epcot late in the day. You asked for one. And what did they say? Oh, we don't have any. Would you like to join the wait list? And then when they call you for the wait list, you want to go all the way back to the front of the park because that's where these are. Yes. To pick it up, which is a nuisance, especially if you're needing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not like you can walk that well. I don't know why they don't have them through the park. It's probably just the charging and the storage and all that is probably why. 
Now, I do know if it dies in the park, they will come to you to replace it. It's not like you got to push it back or something. They will come find you well, and swap God it out. I, I do under, understand that that's a, a thing. But if you're on the wait list, you got to go back and retrieve it yourself because you're on the wait list. Right. That's a problem. Again, expensive. You got to do this whole deposit thing, all that. It's slow. And it's not the fastest in the world. So I would not do this. If I was going on vacation, I would rent from an outside company because there's a lot of benefits so the outside companies i think all of them you can do your own research on who you want to go with there's literally a million of them if you just type in like disability at disney world you'll see a bunch of ads and information on rentals for the area they will deliver to your resort really sometimes directly to your room i think if not pretty close to it you can charge it in your room then you can use it on all the disney transportation because disney transportation is going to be accessible so that's the buses the boats the monorail the skyliner all of those and if you have difficulty walking or maybe you know like you're able to walk around but it is a different thing when you're at Disney World and you're walking miles and miles and miles and miles, right. you probably appreciate having this available to you 24 seven versus you got to get to the park. Right. And you know, that's a lot of walking just to get into the parks. Yes. This is what I would do is I would have it rented and delivered to my room, charge it overnight. And I think most of these are not all of them. You don't even really need to charge it during the day. Like they'll tell you, I think they give you maybe an extra battery pack or whatever. And you can maybe bring the cord if you want to charge it when you're at the park. But most of these, unlike the Disney world ones are going to last you throughout the day because they're going to be a higher quality. And I don't blame Disney for this because you don't know what kind of joker is going to be rolling around on your scooter and you're at the park so they can help you if something goes wrong with it versus running it from someplace you know right. if you have an issue at the park you're not gonna be able to call disney to come and help you with that right but officially disney partners were scooter bug and this is official disney lists this on their website so if you want to go with an official disney affiliated one it's scooter bug they say that they when you rent through scooter bug the guest actually does not need to be present when it's delivered to the resort hotel that's cool the other one's I'm pretty sure you have to be there, but this one, because they're affiliated directly with Disney, I believe what they're saying is they can actually work with cast members to deliver it to your hotel room. That's if you're not there. So you went out for the day, whatever you're getting lunch someplace at the resort, you need to go back to your room to get it. They will just deliver it for you. So that's a benefit of scooter bug. But again, all of them will deliver to you, but you're probably gonna have to be there when they do. But we see these constantly pulling up when we're going just to get food at resorts. Mm-hmm. Constantly people are running from one of these places. You can get strollers and other things through a lot of these places too. Well, if you need it. Right. Yeah, that's just my recommendation. Now, wheelchairs, we'll get into that too. I personally would not do a wheelchair rental if I was going to be walking around Disney World. Neither would I. Because it's a lot of work to push somebody around all the day, the night, yes, the heat. I just yes. think it's terrible. But if you want to do that, it's much cheaper. So if you want to rent one from Disney World, you can pay a daily fee of $12. Wheelchairs you can rent for your length of stay. So multi-day, and that drops it to $10 a day. This is the only one. You cannot do that with scooters. But with wheelchairs, you can say, I'm going to be here X number of days and rent it for that entire time period. That's the benefit to the wheelchair. Because it doesn't have all the upkeep and everything. Yeah, still no. So that's why. And the rentals at the water park in Disney Springs for wheelchairs, 
still $12, but you still have to put down a $100 refundable deposit. That's a lot of money for a wheelchair. And again, I think they don't say this anymore, but I'm guessing it's because people just abandon them places. That's crazy. And this makes sure you return it to them so they're not having to chase it around and That's find it. That's crazy to me. Because we have seen, at least at the parks, people leave them in the parking lot. Yes. Now, you probably don't care as much at the theme park. I uh, didn't say the deposit for them, but I have a feeling people don't care as much at the theme parks, but they will just leave them in the parking lot, which I understand you go back to your car, I guess, and you're tired at the end of the day and you want to walk it back, back or walk to the monorail or the boat or whatever. I can understand that. They pick them up from the parking lot. They have a big truck that comes around and gets them. So I don't know how that part works, but I just, it's insane at Disney Springs. So it's like, oh, $100. That's yeah. Good. All right. But again, I personally would always recommend getting a scooter and get it from someplace else if I was doing it. And in addition, like we said, I would still use Lightning Lanes, Genie Plus, watch the times on the app, the Disney app, use that to your plan uh, out your trip. Yes. In addition, take, if you get the DAS pass or not, just use it to help you. Take plenty of breaks, drink mm -hmm. a lot of water. Yes. Take, yeah, taking breaks is key. That's what we do. We spend a lot of time taking breaks and getting snacks if we need to and you know when you're on a scooter sometimes you get to go in a little bit different way to the rides which may make it a little bit shorter anyway right depending on what ride it is because we've done that a couple of times where you go in a little bit different way because of the way the queue is set up right but all of the rides pretty much are accessible with your scooter or yeah. a wheelchair i would assume that would have because to we've be been in a lot of rides but i want to say even in peter pan it's accessible with the scooter because i i remember being in line at peter pan with my scooter yeah and then when we actually got up there mm -hmm. i had to get up and walk from my scooter to yeah onto the still moving uh, sidewalk yeah. thing and then get and into then they, the ride then the cast member moved it moved it for me yeah they have a lot of extra cast members who will do that like you get up to the last part of the ride and they'll have you park it where you'll retrieve it right after like toy story mania is one that comes to mind at studios you park it you get on the ride you have to walk over to it if you're able to otherwise right. you'll probably get in a wheelchair and be taken over to it but mm -hmm. you ride the ride and then you get off and then your scooter's right there and you whoop, leave but it depends so if they have to move it they will move it somewhere that's convenient for you when you get off the ride. So right. it's never like you're going to be hunting for it. It's usually and, right outside. Yeah. And if you're comfortable with just walking into a queue, like you did a lightning lane, so you know the weight is short and you don't mind standing for a short period of time, then you can always park your scooter right outside the ride too. It's pretty easy. Yeah. To find a spot or at a restaurant if you need to. Because we, I don't think we've ever taken it into a restaurant. No. We always leave it right outside though. And yeah. they will not move it unless it's in the way or it needs right. to be moved. And in that case, you can always find a cast member if something were moved, whether it was your stroller or a scooter, and they will be able to be like, yeah, we had to move it over here because of whatever. Because you don't always know, like you just parked it someplace and you shouldn't have done that. Right. It's in the way. You're not supposed to park there. Yeah. Right. But there's usually cast members too that you can ask, like, can I leave it here? Is this okay? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're really good about that. But yeah, I would highly recommend looking into this and never feel bad if you don't look sick and you need one, just get it because you'll be much happier and less miserable if you get it because you think you need it or you know you might need it, even though you don't think you look 
like you should have one just do it because it's going to be so much better for you and disney's not going to judge you one way or the other disney does not care yeah when you if you rent one they do not care do you have the money great sign this you got to send like a contract about it Mm -hmm. and then here you go do you know how to drive it and then they'll do a little tutorial if you don't but if you're comfortable they'll say okay have a great day see you later you bring Mm -hmm. it back you show them your little receipt and then you get your deposit back at the end of the day yep yeah for the das pass though they will not ask for a medical diagnosis you just have to explain why you're not physically capable of standing in line they, they don't need medical paperwork. They're not, they're probably not supposed to ask you for that because that's like a big HIPAA, HIPAA violation. violation. But you don't need to be like, oh, I'm diagnosed with A, B, and C. Like you just need to explain why you can't stand in line or your child or your family member or whoever is with you cannot stand in line. That makes sense. And I believe you can have up to six people on there with you. Okay. So if you got a bigger group or it's your family, you should be able to add all of them to your DAS pass, and then you can all be included in the the waiting times. That works. Mm -hmm. But if the person who the pass is under is not riding the ride, you cannot use it. So if they don't want to ride a ride, you're out of luck. You'll just have to lightning lane it or do something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So any other things you can think of we do? No. I mean, besides like the snack breaks and stuff. And I mean, there's like parades you can watch and- Yeah. And shows you can stop and watch, not just like fireworks, but you know, like there's shows sometimes like at the castle stage you'll have a show where you can usually find seating somewhere nearby Mm -hmm. you know whether it's a bench or something that you can sit and watch it and take a break you know you don't have to feel like you have to run around the whole time because then you're not going to have fun right and what's the point in that no i agree yeah so universal studios this one we have not done universal as a true universal theme park because we just go for the horror nights right but we did use their express pass we paid for that when we went to the horror nights last time definitely recommend that we will never never do it again without that ever there's just no going back at this point in time right because the lines were so much shorter with the express pass like insanely shorter like we basically walked on or walked into yeah. most of the haunted houses. Michael Myers was a hundred minute wait for the re- original yes. line. Mm-hmm. We waited 15 minutes. That was the only time we actually had to actually wait in right. line. Otherwise we literally were just walking on. Yeah. And you know, cause we had discussed, you know, whether you, do you get a scooter? Do you not get a scooter? And we were like, okay, we'll try it with just the express pass. And so we did express pass. We did a couple houses. You were starting to get tired. So Okay, so we went and sat in Diagon Alley yeah. for a while, took a break. It was fine. We just hung out and took our time to do what we wanted to do and then decided if we how many houses we wanted to finish out with. And Yes, we did. Yeah, so I highly recommend it, not just for if you go to like a special event, but Express Pass. I don't know how much it is through Universal, but that's probably something, again, you might want to look into. Right, we're in Dis- addition we're to Disney these other people. things. Yeah, mm-hmm. So at Universal Studios, one of the interesting things that I found when I was looking this up is that they said at most of our attractions, the queue experience is an important part of telling the story of the overall attraction experience. Although our attraction queues, with the exception of Hogwarts Express, cannot accommodate electronic electric convenience vehicles, ECVs, scooters, all attraction queues are accessible to guests using wheelchairs with the exception of the Pterodon Flyers in the Islands of Adventure. 
I thought that was very interesting that they basically are saying you can use a wheelchair in the queues, but not the scooter. Don't you think scooters would be easier? I would be so annoyed if I had to push you through all of those queues. I'd just be like, we're not doing this. Yeah. I mean, I'm not waiting in line with you. It wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to go to Universal. I'd go I to just, Disney thought that was interesting because that's like the opposite yeah at disney you're you've been on the scooter yeah a lot my dad had used one like all the time when we were in line for stuff unless we had a fast pass and he felt okay with walking mm-hmm. because it was fast pass we knew we weren't going to be waiting in line very long but yeah it's same thing for you like we are constantly now it's a little tight on some corners right thinking of toy story mania when you struggled a bit with your life Maybe the new ones, though, probably fit better because they're smaller. Probably. But, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting that they said that. That is weird. That mm-hmm. is definitely different. And I know when we were in line for, like, the horror nights, I didn't really see people on scooters or anything. There was one lady that was in front of us at one house, and she was in a wheelchair. Right? I don't think it was a scooter. She was a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah she was she a was wheelchair. She was pushing her. So, yeah, and she got out of it for the house. But... I don't remember seeing a lot of people. I don't think I remember seeing anybody in a. Yeah, I'm sure they had them available to rent. We just didn't bother to look into it because we wanted to see how the right. express pass was going to work. But, but I, mm-hmm. I, I can only remember a few wheelchairs, but nothing, no. So it maybe it was the same thing. Maybe they were. It's the same thing that for those queues because some of the time you were in the ride itself in a ride queue remember uh-huh. like fast and furious and stuff mm-hmm. so technically then i guess it would apply to that because they're saying that the yeah. scooters don't fit no that makes sense so that may be why we only saw wheelchairs it just that clicked in sense. my head okay well we're not doing that i'm not pushing so. your ass around at the yeah. nights i would die there's no way okay so anyway there are going to be specific, just like a Disney World, there's specific boarding requirements and accommodations for people using wheelchairs at each attraction. So again, you may have to get out of the wheelchair to get into the ride. You may be able to stay in the wheelchair during the ride. It just depends. And one thing I did forget to mention at Disney and at Universal and probably everywhere you go, if you're going to get on a ride and you'll have to physically get out of the wheelchair or scooter to get into the ride vehicle, which is like a lot of them mm-hmm. there are some rides where you do not have to leave you can stay in them but right a lot of them you have to get out you need to have someone with you or you need to yourself be capable of getting out of it and into the ride vehicle because the cast members are not, are not going to help you because they are not allowed to right so it's not like they want to see you struggle or they don't want to help you but they're not physically allowed to do that right because that's a whole liability thing so you right. need to have someone with you if you're not able to yourself or you need to be able to get out of it and into the right vehicle. Yeah. So that's another thing to keep in mind when you're planning things. So they have at Universal the Universal Attraction Assistance Pass. So this is like the disability assistance at Disney World, but they call theirs the Attraction Assistance Pass. This is a little bit different. So you cannot pre-register for this one. It's not like Disney where you can go online and kind of get it set up before you even go. You have to go to guest relations as you enter the park. That's going to be slow. Mm -hmm. Well, I I mean, I don't know. I know the Disney one, they say it's not that bad if you do it in person. But we've been to guest relations at Universal, and it was pretty slow. No, there was a line. So So this pass, again, allows guests to schedule a return time that's comparable to the current wait time for the given attraction. 
they're just like a Disney. So once the return time is issued, guests can, you know, wander around. As you said, same thing, get a snack, take a break, go to the bathroom, whatever you want to do during that time frame. And just like a Disney, you can only have one active at a time. So okay. you can't have multiples. Now, the difference here, again, is that they use a paper system. Okay. So the thing I like about Disney is you don't have to keep track of anything because it's in your phone. You just use the Disney Experience app, which you okay. should be using anyway because it'll make everything so much easier at Disney World. This one has a paper card that they give you. It has a barcode on it. It says what date it's valid, the guest name, party size, and then there's like lines on it, I guess, where they write down your return times. That would be terrible. So when you go, I guess they physically like write down the return time for you. That'd be terrible. And in Orlando, you can have up to five guests to accompany you for a party up to six, which like I said, I think that's the exact same number as Disney. I think the total is six again at Disney. So if the, I don't know that Disney does this at all. I'm not aware that they do this, but at Universal, if the wait time for the attraction is less than 30 minutes, they will actually just have you wait in an alternative queue that's much shorter than the regular queue. Okay. I don't really know what that means or where you go. Okay. Maybe it's like express line. I don't know exactly what that means, but if it's 30 minutes or less, they're not going to give you a return time. They're just going to be like, okay, go wait over in this line. It's shorter. That's what you do. That's pretty so cool. they don't send you away. But if it's more than 30 minutes, that's when they'll be like, okay, this is your time to come back. And then you come back later to that's get on. pretty convenient. Yeah. The pass for Universal is issued for the length of your stay in Orlando, but if you're an annual pass holder, then it's good for 14 consecutive days. Only 14 days? Which I was like, what in the That's world? a ripoff. I guess because it's a paper system, but I was just yeah. like, oh my God, you gotta, so 14 days is not very much time. Like 60 days to me with Disney, I was like, oh, every 60 days you'd have to renew it. But this, I was just like, well, I guess it's better than two weeks. Yeah. It's two months versus two weeks. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with that, but that's what it says. So, yeah. And then again, you can add the Express Pass. They also have wheelchairs that are $12 a day with a $50 deposit. That's probably what Disney is. I'm sorry I didn't have the deposit listed, but I'm sure Disney is comparable to that. Yeah. Because the scooters there are at Universal are $50, but you have to put a $50 deposit down. Right. So the deposit is a little bit more at Universal, but it's sale. It's the same cost at the end. You get fifty dollars back. Okay. So same sort of idea. But I just thought it was very interesting. They still use a paper system over at Universal. Yeah. Instead I of updating they it would be to do some sort of electronic ticketing thing on an app or something mm-hmm, like this. They have an app, so I don't know. I know Universal is a little smaller, but I'm sure they make money. And I don't so. know. Maybe less people go to Universal that need this sort of assistance because it's a lot of roller coasters and more intense rides. True. Versus Disney, which has a big variety. There's some roller coasters, but there's a lot of tamer rides. Mm-hmm. So that may be a difference too. Because I know that's one of the reasons we don't really go to Universal is because I'm like, well, what are you gonna do right. over there? I don't I can't do a lot of roller coasters I'm not anymore. Do the roller coasters, which is like a bunch of their rides. So yeah, it kind of yeah defeats the purpose so. of, of going over there. But and so I like I said, I only looked into these two, but you know, I'm certain like SeaWorld, other places will have options for you. Even if you go to some like little rinky dink like local theme park near you, they're gonna have some sort of 
disability like assistance. Or something like yeah, that. they'll have something available, I'm sure, to help you out. You just need to do research ahead of time so you know what you're getting into. But if I were traveling, regardless of whether I was going to Universal or Fun Spot or Disney World, I would definitely either, if I have a scooter, I'd bring it with me if I'm able to, or I would look at an outside company. Yeah. To have just have it with me. Outside companies, you're going to go faster. You're going to have a faster moving overall wheelchair. Do. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be less wise. expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I would definitely recommend that. But always do your research before you travel. And again, no matter what you're doing, always speak up if you need to take a break, take a snack break. Right. Whatever, I need to take some. You're medicine. on vacation, so just kind of go with the flow. I mean, you're not rushing, mm-hmm. so just hang out and enjoy your time. Yeah, you don't want to be miserable. I guess plan ahead. That's the best thing we could as say. As much as you can, yeah. So if you're going someplace, especially in this day and age, YouTube it. There's going to be lots of YouTube videos that either show you what the ride is like or give tips on going to these places and what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of information out there for sure. So I would definitely just research, research, research. And again, don't feel bad. Don't feel like people are judging you if you feel like you don't look like you need the assistance it's it's fine especially people that work at disney they're not going to judge you no, or not. universal they're they don't care they're mm. not going to be like oh that person doesn't really need right the assistance they're not going to be judging you and if other people that are visiting there judge you just screw them right they're miserable in their own lives so all right doesn't matter well thank any you any other thoughts No, I think we pretty much summed it up. Okay. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm. Definitely check out the Amateur Stoner. Mm -hmm. It's on our YouTube channel right now. But by the time you hear this, it'll be released worldwide on on all the podcast platforms. Mm -hmm. And thanks for thank you for checking this episode out. Yeah. So until next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain with Robbie and Sammy. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.